we each create our own reality as per law of attraction. I create my own reality. I create my own abundance and the other person can create theirs. I'm not taking theirs and they can't get at mine. So in the world of law of attraction, there is no competition for resources or anything else for that matter. And it makes life a lot easier. This is the Freedom Media Network. And first, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Cultivate Elevate. A couple weeks ago, we featured Matt, the founder of Cultivate Elevate, on this podcast. And we talked about all the ways in which their organic, natural products can help you and how I, you know, those products have become a staple of my day. Each and every day, I take their six mix mushroom powder with my coffee. I take their ginkgo biloba in the afternoon. I take their shilajit in the morning, shilajat, whatever you want to call it. It helps my mood. It helps my gut health. It helps my joints, especially when I go hiking here at altitude. It also helps protect me from EMF radiation. And if you think that's tinfoil hat time, go back and listen to that episode. And guess what? In the show notes or wherever you're watching this, there's a link. You can click that link. You go to shop at Cultivate Elevate. Guess what? You get 10% off their products. 10% off. Go click the link. Go to kurtmercadante.life. There's a number of ways you can find the link. Click it. Go shop. 10% off. You're welcome for offering you that deal. And hello there, freedom lovers. This is another episode of the Freedom Media Network. I am your very grateful host, Kurt Mercadante, and I'm so grateful because you have chosen to spend even a short sliver of your life with me. And I'm also grateful for today's guest. Yes, we have another wonderful guest for you today and this week. And by the way, if you like today's episode, stop by in a few days and we'll have another episode with today's guest who is Zara Mahoon. She's a master mindset and law of attraction coach. We've talked about law of attraction on this podcast a lot and manifesting expert. She's the author of 12 books on these subjects and the creator of the bestseller, Unlimited 40 Day Law of Attraction Workbook and Boot Camp. After committing to completely transforming her self-worth in 2006, she went from being massively in debt to owning multiple properties and creating a thriving business as well as healing her relationships. Zara's courses and programs help individuals to identify the blockages that are keeping them from achieving success, and she's committed to making it easy for you to understand and apply the law of attraction. If you want to learn more, we're going to put links to her book. We're going to put links to her website in the show notes. But without further ado, Zara, thank you so much for joining us on the Freedom Media Network. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it, it's, you know, uh, one thing I'd like to ask you about it in, in that intro, it said you, you completely transformed your self-worth yes. in 2006. Can you explain to our, our listeners and our viewers, what does that mean? It means becoming a brand new person, leaving the past you behind and just deciding that's not who you are anymore. Interesting. Interesting. And it, and it, it sounds, certainly to some of our viewers and listeners who may still be trapped in what I call the matrix, you know, and be, behind that veil, it sounds, well, that's easier said than done. Yes. Is it? Um, and, and how long of a, a journey was that for you? Oh, my goodness. I don't want to tell you how old I am, but, you know, 
it was a very long journey. I think self-worth is something that we are learning about all through our lives. But the recognition of who you want to be, that doesn't always happen right at the beginning. And it did not for me. So it's it was a very long journey with its peaks and valleys. But in 2006, I recognized that I had money problems and I had relationship problems and I had health-related issues. And I realized that all of them had to do with self-worth. If I could change this one thing, all of the other things would change. So that's that's where I started putting it together. That was not the beginning of the journey. It was not the end of the journey. It was sort of in the middle. It was that point of realization that says, oh my God, everything that has happened to me is because of who I put out there, which is not who I am in here. Yeah, yeah. And, and is it easy? What usually gets in and, and what was in, in the way between what you're identifying as, which might mm-hmm. be I'm sick, I'm old, I'm panicked, I'm anxious, I'm this body, I'm whatever, what usually stands in the way and what stood in your way between that and identif- thinking you were that versus what you re- who you really are inside? I think it was the knowing that I was playing different parts mm-hmm. and I didn't any longer want to play all these different roles. I wanted to be who I wanted to be regardless of the people that were uh, surrounding me and the situation that was surrounding me. So it's a return to being authentic to who you are. And this this whole thing about authenticity gets talked about a lot just now. But the the difference that I, I made for myself was the realization that when you are authentic, that doesn't mean that you have permission to be who you are and be disagreeable or... Um, or, or hurt anyone else. Because who you are at your core and who you want to return to is being a, someone who is kind and loving and confident. That does not mean that you're now going to be rude and uncaring of other people. It's not about being selfish. It's about being who you are without being... Um, judgmental about other people and without letting them judge you, Mm. which is a very different way of looking at it. But it is also, it's not an easy thing to accomplish. And it is also not something that you can do just like that. It requires a lot of work. Before we started recording, we talked a bit about the media and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, programming our minds. And, and you just mentioned the word judgment. Yes. And it's, and it's always interesting to see people, uh, yesterday and well, today it aired, I interviewed Jason Gregory, who's a Eastern philosopher, author. And, and one of the things that he talked about was, uh, he said that, uh, when he was in India, he had a professor or teacher who urged him, he said, if you if you pay attention to the media and you let it control your mind, your your focus, your attention becomes like a windshield wiper. Mm-hmm. You go back and forth instead of focusing on the road, and and you could see that happening with media. But one one of the things that I see is is and I'd love to to, to hear your thoughts on this is 
there's a lot of judgment, right? Yeah. Everything is about judging. And, and we mm -hmm. see that where this celebrity or politician said this, and we're all supposed to judge. And yet it's, it's the old biblical verse about, you know, throwing people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. And all we want to do is throw the stones, throw the stones, throw the stones. Why do you think we're so quick to judge? And, and do we throw stones at those people because we know that our houses are made full of glass and so it's easier to focus on them instead of ourselves? That's, you know, this debate, if we, if we get into this just now, you know that it's going to take a lot longer than this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that we are, we learn this. It's a habit. To judge is a habit. And to not judge leaves the door of possibility open. When we judge a situation, we close that door. Uh, by making the assumption that this is how it is, by law of attraction, that is how it will be. There is no room for anything different to happen. Mm. And so this is why when you start understanding that once you a judgment is a decision that you are making. And every decision is the starting point of another journey. So what kind of journey do you want to start is the question. Do you want lots of options or few options? Because every time you make a decision that closes all other probabilities, now you've limited your options. Let me explain. So if I say this person is rude to me, always, always rude. This person is always rude. They are always unpleasant. Now I have closed the door of possibility that would allow that person to be agreeable towards me. Because I have, I have said that's how they always are, have been, are now, and will be in the future. Always cuts across the whole timeline. But if I say, hmm, I wonder what's got into this person today. Something must be off today. Now I'm leaving the door of possibility open because I haven't cut through all possibilities and closed the door. So when we judge... When we judge, that's what we're doing. We're closing the door of all possibilities. But it's something that we learn to do because we are always taught to make a decision, make a decision, make a decision, make it. So we just make the decision that is easy to make. And it's easy to make a decision that everyone else is also making. That's what we usually call herd mentality, right? Everyone else is thinking this, so it must be true. Mm, yeah. We don't go look for our own evidence to say, hmm, do I, do I think this is true or is it just these, uh, all these other people who think they're true? We're basically mankind. We are lazy. So if everyone thinks it's this way, then it must be this way. Saves me the trouble of doing all the work. I'm just going to accept what they say. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you mentioned the, the fact that, you know, the authenticity and some people use that as kind of an excuse to be mean. Or, yes. or whatever. And you mentioned uncaring or selfishness. And I find that many times there is a, uh, and it's probably conditioning, um, where the, the notion of self-cultivation or the, no, the notion of kind of unplugging from the herd yes. and cultivating the self, the true yeah. self, yes. to understand can you, can you explain why that's not, because some people will say, well, no, no, when you go with the herd, that's part of being a human and helping humanity. 
if you're just self-cultivating, that's selfish. You know what I mean? In terms of you're focused on attracting what you want, but what about what I want? That's selfish to focus on what you want. Why is it not? Why is that? Why is self-cultivation certainly not selfish in the way that we might be conditioned to think it's selfish? I think it's because of a lack of understanding about how things truly work. In, in our physical world on planet Earth, there is a competition for time, for resources, for all sorts of things, attention, everything. We're competing. And competition means that if one party gets the, the prize, then the other party loses. And that's not necessarily true because we each create our own reality as per law of attraction. I create my own reality. I create my own abundance and the other person can create theirs. I'm not taking theirs and they can't get at mine. So in the world of law of attraction, there is no competition for resources or anything else for that matter. And it makes life a lot easier. So now I don't have to compete. I don't have to participate in the rat race, even though I'm part of it. I'm part of it, but I am not playing the game. Hmm. Yeah, it reminds me of the old, uh, you be, be in this world, but not of this world. <laughs> kind of sort of the same thing. So we, when we start understanding that our energy, our energy, our vibe, we Everyone these days uh, talks about good vibes, but our vibe, our vibration, that which we send out into the universe is actually bringing to us the results that we get and the other person's getting their results based on what they're sending out. So it has nothing to do with me. Hmm. I'm not taking from anyone else. So just because I am manifesting more doesn't mean that I'm taking it away from someone else. They could have manifested the same thing. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. so the, the, the thing is our entire system is based on competition. And if you buy into the rules of that competition, then you're playing the game completely differently from the way you play the game based on law of attraction. Because in when you use the rules of law of attraction, there is no competition. There's just satisfaction and the lack of it. And and what is satisfying to one person doesn't have to be satisfying to another person. Mm. Yeah. So it's 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 uh, it's complex. It's um, there are many nuances to it depending on who's looking and how they're seeing things and what their situation is, what their journey has been through life. So it's just so much easier not to do the hard work to figure things out. And I think one of the things that is interesting is some of us retain the knowledge that we were born with and we were born with the knowledge that there is no competition. Hmm. Do you remember, Kurt, Kurt, I don't know if you remember, but do you remember when you were a kid and parents would say, at least my parents would say, you can't have everything you want. Right. Yeah. Well, that was the beginning of the brainwashing. Not hmm. that they were actually trying to brainwash us. They were just giving us their own experience. But when you hear it again and again, you start believing it. 
when someone in a position of authority, someone that you respect and you love and you care about is telling you that you can't have everything you want, you stop believing that you actually can have everything you want. Yeah, and when we look at that and we look at, at the programming and, and where that programming came from, it's not about, uh, it's easy to get sucked into blame yes. right, and finding fault and that, and that creates a whole other web of negativity, right? But it does. it's about, you know, is it, is it about be, being aware of it, but then turning it back and becoming 100% responsible that the starting right. line is now? Exactly. And so that is really the transformation that happened for me was to look back and say, yes, uh, I lost my way because I listened to the herd. Hmm. But now I can look at it objectively and know that the herd wasn't really responsible. I bought into it. They didn't force me. I bought into it. Yeah. Right? We buy yeah. into it. We buy into whatever is the latest fad, whatever is the latest toy, whatever is the latest gossip. We buy into it, and it's a decision. And it's hard, it's hard to, well, it's certainly hard for someone else to tell us that, but it, it's hard for us to tell ourselves that, isn't it? Because then we have to take responsibility. And, yes, we do. And it's almost like resting a bourbon bottle away from an addict, right? <laughs> Well, I mean, that was my biggest shock when I first started listening to Abraham Hicks was they said, you create your own reality. And I looked at my life and I said, why would I ever create all of this that I have lived through? You know, you say I create my own reality, but why would I ask for all this bad stuff to happen to me? And it's not that you asked for it to happen. It's just that you didn't know the difference between one vibration and another vibration that you were sending out into the universe that brought you the stuff. So yes, we do have to accept our own role in it. And when you start understanding that no one else can create for you because they can only create for themselves because whatever they get has to do with their vibe and what you get has to do with your vibe. Now, now you start to see the pattern. Mm. Yeah, and then it's about moving forward from there, right? Okay, so I made a mess, but let's clean it up now. What do I have to do to clean it up? And and certainly with law of attraction, you know, and what we've talked about, and you talked about transforming your self worth. People look at it as you know wealth or attracting the good stuff. Yes, but, but you've all, and you just alluded to this. Uh, and you write about this, uh, you know, the woman who uh, kind of attracted her own stroke uh, yep. and, and something like that. Okay. Law of attraction, but you can also, you can also on the, on the physical plane, look yes. back at diet, lifestyle and all that. Absolutely. But you also write about the guy who, who had an accident yes. and broke his back while surfing and some yes. of these things. So can you explain, some people find it hard, and you just alluded to this, find it hard to accept that they can attract bad in their life as well. Yes, it's true. Just as we can good, we can attract bad. You see, the problem is that uh, the way the world, physical work, world works is not the same as the vibrational world works. But in order for something to become physically manifested, it first becomes not, it's, 
It's manifesting from non-physical. It's like uh, water becomes water vapor. When it's water vapor, you can't see it. It's non-physical, but it's there. And then it can turn into water again. So, but the rules of the non-physical world are a little bit different from the physical world. In the physical world, if I push my phone, if I push my phone, my phone gets pushed. In the non-physical world, I push my phone, but the chair gets pushed. Mm. So y- you have to understand the relation. It's not a direct relationship of this equals this. It's about what is the relationship between my phone and the chair. I need to understand that relationship because I want to control not just the phone, but the chair as well. So how is my pushing the phone, pushing the chair? Right. When you when you when you flip that switch and you start understanding how physics work works in the non-physical world, that's quantum physics. Mm. So physics of this earth plane is um, Newtonian physics, classical physics. Right. We know the relationship between speed and um, trajectory and gravity. We know these relationships. Well, the relationships in the non-physical world are a little bit different. The physics, the science that plays out in the non-physical realm is a little bit different than this physics. It incorporates this but builds on top of it. That's where quantum physics is closing the gap for us. But once you start understanding that physics and you bring it into this world, now you have the complete picture because things go through a transition. It's a cycle. Things before they become physical, they are non-physical. In order for them to become physical, you've got to understand the physics or the science of that non-physical world. If you don't understand it or if you misunderstand it, now you're not able to interact with the non-physical world from the physical plane in a manner that serves you. So it becomes like uh, a mixed bag. It's like spaghetti that you throw on the wall. Some of it sticks because sometimes you manifest and other times you don't. And you and why is that? Is because you're not seeing the relationships. You're not seeing the connections that are um, that are defied by our our space. Uh, our time-space reality on this plane. Hmm. So you've got to have a little bit of uh, information, knowledge about how that physics works in order to have the complete picture. Because it's part of this world, right? Water doesn't, water when water becomes water vapor doesn't go to another planet. It's still part of this world. So the non-physical is very much part of this world, but we can't see it. So we are not observing the interactions that are happening on that non-physical plane. It's, it's, you know, I was in my forties before I really delved into quantum physics and I I knew it was out there, but I didn't know much. In fact, most of what I knew was from like Marvel superhero movies. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, the more you watch some of those movies, the more you realize some of those are like documentaries, you know, they're they're, the quantum realm and quantum physics. Yes. And and I always found it interesting. And, and there's probably a variety of reasons why they stick to Newtonian physics in school and don't even touch upon quantum physics. I mean, part of it is, um, you know, 
quantum physics isn't as useful to a carpenter, right? Mm-hmm. It's not as useful in the physical world, and school is all about the physical world. But but I also find, and, and maybe I don't know if this is the cause or the effect, you know, I'll have discussions like we're having with with relatives, and they'll say things like, oh my gosh, I just can't even think about that. That's too much to think about. Yes. And it's easier to stick in the physical world than yeah. the non-physical world, or at least even think about it, which keeps us trapped in what we're getting, right? <laughs> exactly. That's It's just a perpetual cycle, because if unless you break out of it, and I say this all the time, it takes one person to say, no, it can be different, and let me show you how. And all scientific progress is based on that. Because if you think about it, at one point in time, the earth was flat. At one point in time, there were no microbes that caused illness. You were possessed by the devil, you know, like. Right. So all of scientific discovery has happened because one person has said, no, let me show you. It's not like that. And and I think that that process of discovery and acceptance is just going to, there's no end to it because there's a lot of knowledge that is out there that we have not yet assimilated. Mm-hmm. It's all going to happen, but it it has, it happens when we are ready for it and not before that. So, you know, and, and I've seen this talked about on screen as well. If you took a cell phone down into the, uh, you know, stone age and you gave it to a human at that point in time, it doesn't make sense. It's too far out. Yeah. Yeah. And, right? and all along the way of these breakthroughs, by the way, there have been people who have been killed for thinking differently, yes. right? They went right. against the laws of the church, the human laws of whatever it was at the time. And yes. so every single creator that really thought uh, quantumly, it took a quantum yes. leap in thinking, was uh, pushed to the side. They were banished. They were killed. They were murdered. I mean, we even see that today, right? You think differently, oh, you're off social media, you're canceled, whatever it is. And so is the trick there, if you're that person, just to tune it all out, keep thinking your thoughts and surround yourself with like-minded people? Well, the thing with it is to, just because you understand something and other people don't understand it, doesn't mean that you can't live in harmony with them. Doesn't mean that you can't have a relationship with them. And also doesn't mean that you have to impose your knowledge onto them. So I think of it as, um, you know, this kid I know who is a mathematical whiz, he is also a human being. And just because I don't understand math, can't make sense of it. He doesn't push me around and say, you stupid, you don't know (laughs) this stuff that I know. He lives in harmony with his family and, you know, other people, his friends. So uh, the, the thing that goes wrong is when one person tries to impose their opinions on other people who are not ready for it. There's no need for that. You don't have to have other people accept what you know in order for you to live in harmony with them. Mm-hmm. It's when you take it on, when you say, you know, I I refuse to accept you and you are this, this and this and you are all wrong and I know. So this whole thing about 
who's right and wrong is at the basis of every disagreement, every war, every calamity that the human race has ever come about. If we just let each other go free and have whatever opinions, beliefs that the other person wants to live their life by, then it's all okay. And some of those people might just melt away, right? It, you, you, you can attract the people that you want into your life without exactly. forcing, right? Exactly. So there's no force going on here. And really, the transformation is happening on its own. It has a life of its own because um, look at what's happened during the last two years. With COVID, more people have turned inward than ever before. I remember when I started teaching meditation, way back uh, in 2010. I started teaching meditation classes and after the class became so big that I could not host it at home, I started looking for a place in the community that I would be able to hold the class at a public venue. And so um, uh, my, my, my meditation classes are free. They always have been and they still are free. And so uh, I did not want to pay for a venue because I wasn't making any money out of this venture. So I approached the city and I approached all the libraries and the community centers and everybody said no. Everybody said no. They didn't hmm. think that it was a worthwhile venture to have meditation classes wow. at a public facility. There was just one branch manager of a library that said yes to me. And he said, we'll try it out and we'll see how it goes. And I still host my meditation class there. But now it's accepted. It's hmm. everywhere. Now people are sending me invitations to come out and and hold meditation sessions at their venues. But there was a time when it wasn't accepted. I've seen things change so rapidly over the last few years. And I think that when other people observe that you are a happier person, that you are a more successful person, that everything is working out in your life, then they start paying attention to, oh, what is, what is, what is Zara doing differently? Why is she living this kind of a life? We would like some of it too. Now they are open. Now they want to come and find out how it works. And so I think that uh, we have had a, a really quiet takeover revolution going on with all the people who believe in spirituality without pushing back, without telling the rest of the world, you're wrong and I'm right. Just let the rest of the world see the difference between the results you are getting and other people are getting and they'll jump on the bandwagon soon enough. They'll want to do it your way. I don't have to take anyone on. I just have to show them my results. That's wonderful. I love that. And, and it's hard to do just based on programming. Uh, I, I mean, I've, I find it hard to do because I want to, uh, and I, you know, I, my, my inclination, I want to hop in and fix people and it can get frustrating. And, and one of my big challenges, maybe it's my shadow that I'm dealing with is, is the, is the desire to fix people. And I've been very good I about pulling back on that, but it's, it's, I, hear I try you. to heal them by healing myself. <laughs> I, oh, absolutely. Way back when I started on this journey of, uh, you know, when things, I, I became conscious is the word that I'll use, is I wanted everyone to have it. 
I wanted to give, and I did. I gave everyone books, CDs. I did, you know, free talks, this, that, and the other. And then I discovered that the people who were the nearest, closest, dearest to me were not coming. And when that happened, I remembered the the story of Noah and the ark. When Noah built the ark, people didn't come. And in the end, Noah had to leave on the ark and leave loved ones behind. Because the thing is, you start understanding that just because they are staying behind, if you stay with them, then you're not going to go where you need to go. You, you're not following, you know, something's calling you and you're not going. There's dissatisfaction in that. That doesn't make you happy. And so then you have to pick, okay, am I going to let other people hold me back from what I know is true for me, what I know is right for me? It may not be right for them, and that's okay. I, You then have to talk to yourself in here and come to the realization that you can love those people without bringing them on the journey. Hmm. You don't have to convert them. You don't have to explain it to them. You've got to do your thing and they will come when they see the change in you. How do you, how do, you do that with clients? Because I mean, you're a law of attraction coach. Yes. And people obviously choose to work with you. And so you're yes. attracting them. But I'm, I'm sure there's people, you know, I, I have this with my clients. They obviously come to me. They know they need help. But then yes. once we start working together, it's like they wanted to help, but now they're not, now they're doubting it or they're not going. When someone paid you money to help them, yes. how do you find that fine line of showing a good example, but also, you know, do they, do you find that sometimes they need a kick in the behind or, you know, how do you find, how do you tread that line with them? I follow the philosophy that everyone is different and the way I help people and coach them through is not uh, it, it's there's no there's no set pattern to it it is very individual mm. so what i do is to listen and ask questions that help me get to the real problem because i know you coach and you and i will agree on the fact that what someone thinks is the problem is never the problem <laughs> right. Right? What people tell you is the problem is never the real problem. And when you dig enough and you locate that actual problem that's holding them back and you show them the connections of how it's holding them back, it's like a huge aha moment for them. Because when you find it and you show it to them, they know it. And and that is the easiest part of the work. The hard part of the work is now how do we deal with this issue now that it has come up? And that has to do with beliefs, fears, challenges, because beliefs are fears and challenges. Mm. So if you can find a person's fears and challenges, those are the beliefs that they need to overcome in order to move forward. Mm. 
And that's not so hard. Hmm. That's not so hard. Because it's just about showing them to look at it differently. Shift the way they are looking at it. And so they've been used to looking at things a certain way. And you just stop and you say, wait a second. How about you look at it from where I see things, where I see your life? So somebody comes and they say, this isn't working. This isn't working. This isn't working. I don't say you're wrong. They are absolutely right. When somebody says that they're going through a depression or, uh, uh, you know, uh, they're stuck because something's not shaking loose in their life, they are absolutely right. That is their reality. It, but it is not the only reality. Hmm. It is, but it is what they're looking at. So it's real for them. So then the thing is, but let me show you a different reality. Because what you say is absolutely 100% true. Your feelings and emotions around it are absolutely true. But let me show you a different way of looking at the same situation. Because there's more than one way to look at it. Hmm. Right? I think that what goes wrong is when we tell someone that the way they're looking at things or what they're doing about it is wrong. Hmm. Because then a wall goes up. And I know from being one of those people long ago that you are not wrong when you're feeling hurt, when you're angry, when you feel like revenge would be a really sweet thing. You're not wrong. Those emotions are absolutely real, but they're a result of the way you're looking at things. And when you change that just a little bit and look at things a little bit differently, the whole situation changes. Everything mm -hmm. starts shifting. And so it's, to me, coaching is about helping people find their own aha moments by taking them. They are so used to going down a beaten path that they've never seen any other route. You know, like you just travel that same highway every day, but there's so many other highways. There's so many other routes. You've never taken the scenic route. Let me just take you down the scenic route. <laughs> I love how you put that. I love that. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that, that it's, it's a big challenge for everyone. It's a big challenge for me and, and, and most people. For, for, for someone who's listening, Yes. And, and, and I'm sure you run into this and they, yeah. you know, I had someone we were talking about, he, he wasn't attracting the right people into his life, specifically clients. He was getting right. ghosted a lot by clients. And so I, I just asked him in terms of what's the thought process? What are we doing here? And, and I, I started talking about the law of attraction. He said, wait, 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 are you saying that my thoughts can attract and emotions can attract certain types of people in my life? I don't know that I can buy that. And I, I explained it to him on the physical plane. You know, okay, if you don't want to buy that, if you wake up and you're in an ornery mood, do you think you're going to be very attractive to people? <laughs> but for people who are listening to this, who are so used to the physical plane, I want to see empirical evidence. I want, you know, they're, they're, they're in the Newtonian physics Absolutely. world instead of the quantum world. How do you, what's a good gateway drug 
for them? How do you explain them and bring them along to understand that the law of attraction is real and it is law? Uh, you, you hit upon it, Kurt, when you said that they want their own evidence. Everybody has to have their own evidence. Otherwise, they will not come along. And it's about helping them find that evidence in the life that they've already lived mm. or to help them do certain exercises to collect that evidence. Because we do need evidence. We need our own experience. We learn from our own experiences. So once you start, so the, the, the challenge there is to help people understand that just because something happened a certain way to someone and someone got results from doing something doesn't mean that it works that way for everybody. So if somebody is not successful, doesn't mean you will not be successful. And same way, if someone is successful, you can be successful as well. It's not about action because I've been in business for long enough to know that one salesperson makes a hundred calls, gets nothing. Another salesperson hasn't even made a hundred calls and already has clocked in 10 clients, right? Right, right, right. What's the difference? They're both picking up the phone and calling. So why is there a difference? The difference is because you get what you're putting out there. Your vibration is bringing you the result. And when you start helping people to see that it's the, it's the emotion that creates the result. Somebody who's excited gets better results than somebody who's not excited. These are just things that we already know. We already know this. We already know that people can feel your smile at the other end of the phone line, yeah. right? People, these are not these are not things that are woohoo out there. You know, they're not. People understand these things. So, do you think you're calling a customer or you're talking to a customer? What dis difference does it make if you smile or not smile? Huge, huge, huge. So, what is yeah. that smile? It's a vibration. It's an emotion emotions create your vibration. Hmm. And you know that on a day that you are not in the right mindset, nothing works. Hmm. Yeah, I've, I've experienced that in terms of not just <clears throat> interpersonal relationships, but things where mechanical things go wrong. Absolutely. There was a day where my mindset was off and I went to two different places to buy things and they're, um, they don't call it a cash register anymore. It's a tablet where you do yes. it. Two different places it went down. They said, this is weird. It's never happened before. Well, I traced it back. I was running a late. I was rushing around. I missed a call with a client. Exactly. I was in a bad mood. It was almost That's as right. if my electromagnetic field was messing with the stuff around me and people think, oh, that's weird. And it's like, all right. You explain it then. <laughs> you know? Well, and so there are really easy experiments that you can do. Um, one of the popular ones is that if you have three plants and you grow three three seeds in your home in little uh, jars and 
to one you say i love you and to the other one you say i hate you and you don't pay any attention to the other to one the one that the plant that grows the most is the one that you say i love you to right so these are things that are easy and people can do them and they can get their own results but the fun one that i like doing with a lot of people is i will tell them okay you don't believe me that your vibration affects people pick someone that you have an absolutely amazing relationship with this is your bff you can say anything to them now sit down and write a page about all their bad points you know like this is wrong with them this is wrong with them this is wrong and then observe what happens at your next meeting with them mm. cuz that's a vibration you've already sent to them it's gone they've got it wow. and and conversely take someone that you don't usually get along with maybe that's your mother in law or someone else at work maybe and and take some time and praise that person on paper just write a page of this is nice about them this is nice about them this is nice about them and then see what happens in your next meeting with them it works like a charm every single time that's amazing and so that is how you can that those are kinds of things to do that help you collect your own evidence about the fact that your emotions have an impact on everything around you on people things everything around you responds to your emotion hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and, and thoughts are a tool that help us to generate emotion and abraham hicks called they call it the emotional guidance system right and so exactly. being aware uh, yes. so you can then shift right yes. and get on the right path exactly exactly that's exactly right yes yeah. Well, are, are you okay on time, by the way? Yes, I'm okay. Oh, okay, great. I, I just noticed the time. Um, so, uh, well, let me let me ask you a quick. This is the Freedom Media Network. The word freedom. What does that word mean to you, especially as we talk about law of attraction and inner cultivation? Because so many people, especially now, think of freedom, and they their thoughts immediately go to something in the external world or a person or some sort of policy, right? What does that word freedom mean to you? No boundaries. Mm. So um freedom means not having any limitations on anything. When we 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 take freedom away when we create a limitation. And you see no one can take your freedom away because no one can tell you what to think your thoughts are private and in your thoughts you can go anywhere you want so true freedom is freedom in here and no one can control that hmm. you see i mean think about it this way parents can tell a child how to behave that's outward the child will comply with whatever that child is requested to do but you are not controlling what they are thinking hmm. freedom is in here and if we choose to buy into what other people are saying accept their thoughts then we are giving up our freedom 
right? We are accepting their thoughts. We are giving up our freedom. So freedom to me is in here. You are free to think whatever you want. So why create any limitation for yourself? There's a difference between, and this is, I'm not talking anything new. There's a difference between if you say to a child, you are useless, the child has a choice. The child can say, yes, you're right. Or the child can say, hell no, I'm going to show you. <laughs> right? Right. So that way of thinking is freedom. The one child gave their freedom away by saying, you're right. And the other child said, no, you can tell me what to do and I'll do it, but you're not taking my freedom away. I'll show you. Hmm. That's freedom. No one can take your thoughts away. You get to think whatever you want to think. Well, Zara, I want to thank you so much. We barely scratched the surface. We'll have to have you back on the show. Um, sure. I, I really want to thank you for, for coming on, spending time with us, and sharing your wisdom. Uh, the law of attraction is real. I've seen some incredible things in my own life and the people around me. You've shared uh, how it transformed your life. Um, we're going to link to your website, the Unlimited 40 Day of Law, the Unlimited 40 Day Law of Attraction Workbook in Bootcamp, so people can jump in. Thank you for sharing some concrete ways too, the plants, uh, looking at pictures that people can start to manifest better relationships in their life and see that quote unquote empirical evidence that some people just yes. need in order to get that buy in. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed being here. <laughs>